God good? God is good. Say it, God is faithful. Yes, He is. He is faithful to His promises. He's faithful to everything. Whoo, glory to God. So, tonight, we are in our second to the last message in our Summer Faith series. And I've preached everything to get to these last two messages. So this is going to be message one tonight and message two on Sunday, entitled, Faith in Action. Faith in Action. And tonight, subtitle of what I'm going to share is that faith has movement. <clears throat> faith, Bible faith, God's faith has movement. And we're going to read, we're going to read three stories tonight. We're going to read a passage that we're going to build the foundation. We're going to read three stories out of the Bible and look at faith in action and how it relates to us how it relates to us personally, and how faith is something that is. It's not something that will be. Faith is. And whether it works for us or not depends on what we do with it. Amen? So let's just jump into the Word tonight. We're going to start in James chapter 2. book of James in the second chapter. So what we're looking at as we read this is what does it take to have faith that is moving? What does it take for there to be action to our faith and be a, have faith that is moving in us and through us? What, what, what does that look like? What does it take? And I want to start, um, I'm just going to kind of jump ahead in chapter 2. And let's start with um, verse 14. What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith and does not have works? Can faith save him? There's a question. If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food... And one of you says to them, depart in peace and be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things that which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Another question. Thus also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Now, I'm going to tell you something that that doesn't say. Okay? It doesn't say... It's not calling faith as something that is dead, like non-existent. Faith is. Whether you and I do anything with it or not, it is. But that faith is dead if there's no action. Now, let's read a few more verses. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. 
You believe that there is one God, you do well, even the demons believe and tremble. (laughs) That's an encouraging word. You believe that there is one God, you do well, even demons believe and, and, and they tremble that there is a God. So you can believe that there is a God. You can have faith and it not be producing because you believe what the Word says. Just because you believe what the Word says doesn't mean that the Word will work. That's what he's saying right here. Just because... How many in here tonight know that greater is He that is in you than he that's in the world? Okay? Just because you believe that doesn't mean that that revelation will work for you. It will only work for you if you do something with it. Um, so, to define what they called here dead faith, and this is, this is just a simple definition, but dead faith is faith with no works. But on the reverse, you can have dead works, and what is the definition of dead works? No faith. So to answer the question, show me your works by faith or your faith by works, the answer to that question, you can't have it. Not the faith that we're talking about from the Bible. You can have faith in something. I mean, some people have faith in the United States government. Some people have faith in a relative or somebody. somebody some people have faith in certain natural things they have faith in that but that doesn't mean that what they have faith in will work for them a lot of people say they have faith in god and and they do they they believe that god's word is true they believe god is real they have faith in god but that doesn't mean that faith works if it's not accompanied with actions so look at the rest of this so just read on But do you know, or verse 20 I think is where I left off. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works? And by works, faith was made perfect. And the scripture was fulfilled which says, Abraham believed God... Abraham believed in what God said. And and we know from Scripture, it took Abraham a long time to believe in what God said. He heard from the beginning at about 75 years old what God wanted to do with him. He told him to uproot, go up from his land and from his family, and go to a place that I'm telling you. And he uprooted and he did what God said. And God called him the father of nations when he had no children and his wife was barren. And he tried to help God out and make things happen and all this kind of stuff. Well, as time went on and he believed God and he and Sarah had Isaac and then God commissioned him and told him to offer his only begotten son. His only son. I want you to offer your only son. And Abraham 
heard what God said, he believed what God said, but then he did what God said. Think about offering your own son. He actually did what God said, and he believed whatever God had to do, raise him from the dead or whatever, he believed that God had his best interest and that God knew that everything would be fine, and that's where his faith was, but that's where his actions followed through with. His actions followed through. It says, Abraham believed God, he believed in what God said, and it was accounted to him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. You see that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. Likewise, what's likewise mean? Also, uh, in other words, words, what James is doing is repeating himself about this next story. Likewise, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers from from the instruction of God and sent them? She acted out and sent them on another way. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. Faith isn't non-existent, it's just dead like my body is if my spirit is gone. So, who is this for? (laughs) Well, you know, it's for Abraham. Uh, He's the patriarch. Well, He's the patriarch, he's, he's the everything, he's the father of our faith, and they, God used him as an example, and then he used the world-renowned harlot. Because God's no respecter of person. He's a respecter of faith that's not dead. Okay? So, two things that you have to have to operate in great faith that we're talking about, and then we're going to read these stories. Two things that you have to have. You have to know that you have heard from God. You have to know you've heard from God. To have great faith, you have to know that you've heard from God. And number two, you must, it's not an option, you must step out on what you have heard. You must step out on what you've heard. Now, what what I'm outlining for you, what I'm talking about tonight, is what... I'm sharing with you what my wife and I built our life on. And... There's other ways for things to manifest, but the life of faith in God and confidence in God is the way He created for men and women to live on planet Earth. To have absolute faith and confidence in Him. So, I want to just jump into this, and we're going to start in with these three stories We're going to start in Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. 
And um, let's start with verse 17. So just follow with me. I'm just going to I'm going to give several different comments and stuff along the way as I'm reading these stories, but just follow with me. Now, it happened on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Now, you'll see this as we read through this and as we read through all these stories. But the power of God was present to heal them for one reason. Now, before Jesus came, the power of God wasn't there to heal anybody, and there had not been any documented manifestations of healings before Jesus for over 400 years. But it says, why did he say, why was it, why is it said here that the power of God was present to heal? And there's only one reason that the power of God was present to heal. It didn't say the power of God healed everybody. It said it was present to heal. And there's only one reason why. Because of the faith of Jesus. I only do the things that I hear and see from my Father. I only live my life for Him and what He wants. Whatever He tells me, I act it out. Whatever the Father tells me, that's what I go do. The reason that the power of God was present to heal was because of His faith. Now watch. Then behold, men brought, men brought on a bed a man. So men, that's more than two, two, three, four, I don't know how many men were carrying this guy on a stretcher. Men brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring in and lay before him. And when they could not find how they might bring him in because of the crowd, They went up on the housetop and let him down with his bed through the tiling in the midst before Jesus. When he, when, okay, so, I mean, I mean, this, this is a, this is a literal story, okay? They're trying to get in, there's crowds everywhere into this house, so all of a sudden, tiles are ripped off, whatever kind of a roof it was, and (laughs) Jesus looks up. And he sees probably two or three or four heads and a guy on a stretcher's head sticking out. Can you imagine what the guy on the stretcher looked like? And they're coming through the roof. Now, it doesn't say they were down yet. And notice what it says here. When he saw their faith. Now remember... The power of God was present to heal. But we have no record that anybody was being healed. And there were so many people in the house that they couldn't even get the guy through the door. So they came through the roof. Well, whose faith did he see? Well, he saw the friend's faith, but I mean... 
I don't know about you, but if I'm on a stretcher and they're bringing me in, they're going to get my permission to go to the roof. Right? So it was the three or four guys and the guy on the stretcher's faith. When he saw their faith. Remember, what do you do to live and operate in this faith? You, you must hear from God and you must act on what you hear. Right? You must. So, faith that is being acted on, what is seen from that kind of faith, is very unusual situations. This is a very unusual situation that was going on that Jesus saw, and when He saw their faith, what does it say? When He saw their faith, He said to Him, Man, your sins are forgiven you. They brought the guy in to be healed. What does the sins have anything to do with? When people's sins stand in the way, it distracts you from being able to receive. What he was doing was removing condemnation and shame and guilt and all that went with it. He was removing that. So he said that first. He saw their faith. But notice, the man was not healed as he's coming through the roof. He's still not healed. And the the power of God is present to heal, but there's no healing that's manifested that we have any record of, and that man wasn't healed at that moment. And the scribes and the Pharisees begin... To reason saying, who is this who speaks blasphemies? Remember, what have I been saying for the last two weeks? Faith does what? It awakens opposition. Faith does. When you do something by faith in God, it awakens opposition. Who does he think he is? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, He answered and said to them, Why are you reasoning in your hearts? Now this is to the Pharisees and Sadducees and whoever. Which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven you, or to say, Rise up and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has power to forgive sins, He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, Arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. Immediately, did Jesus pull him up? No. Immediately, immediately, here's the guy laying down, and immediately, he raises up. He did. And in the moment, now listen, this guy, this guy had heard, the men had heard, because how does faith come? Faith comes by hearing. They had heard Jesus teach, and they had heard what had been happening, 
And the fact that they heard it, faith had arisen in their heart, and Jesus saw their faith because their faith had action. He was doing something with what they had heard. They heard from God through a man who just happens to be third part of the triune being. They heard from God through a man, and they lowered him down. He still wasn't healed. Jesus said, your sins are forgiven you, but he still wasn't healed. Jesus said, arise, take up your bed and walk. Listen. He could have said, oh man, I'm too tired. I'm I'm wore out. We've done all this to get here and I, I just can't do it. I can't. And you know what? power of God is present to heal but there would have been no healing because there's no stepping out and receiving to live and operate in great faith you have to know you've heard from God and then you have to act on what you've heard amen you have to act on what You've heard. Remember, power of God is present to heal. Think about it. I'm, I'm making this statement, and I want you to remember this. Nobody ever I, I, I'm, I'm making this statement. It's kind of a bold statement, but I'm making it based on what I believe. And it's this. No human being ever on, the planet, on planet Earth ever since Jesus sat down at the right hand of the Father, no human being has ever gotten the word from God however that they got it, and acted on what God said that didn't receive just like this guy. Nobody. Nobody. Because God is true. And God cannot lie, so God is true. And if this story is in the Bible... And, and what we just read in James chapter 2 is true, then it has to be that way. So the issues and the problems are with knowing that we hear from God and then learning how to act on what we've heard. Second story, Acts chapter 14. Acts 14, and we'll start with verse 1. Another story. Now it happened in Iconium that they went together to the synagogue of the Jews and spoke that a great multitude, both of Jews and Greeks, believed. But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brethren. Not what we're talking about tonight. 
but a good point to interject. You got to watch who you listen to and what you listen to because things will contaminate your mind and keep you from living by faith, hearing from God, and stepping out on the things God's told you to do. Can you say amen to that? That was free there. Verse 3. Therefore they stayed there a long time, speaking boldly in the Lord, who were bearing witness of the word of His grace, granting signs, wonders to be done by their hands. But the multitude of the city was divided, part sided with the Jews and part with the apostles. And when a violent attempt was made by both the Gentiles and Jews with their rulers to abuse and stone them, they became aware of it and fled to Lystra and Derbe and cities of Lyconia and, and to the surrounding region, and they were preaching the gospel there. So the word was being preached. Now, every word from God that I've ever received, okay, no, well, let me back up. A lot of the words from God that I've received in my life have come through another man or a woman. The words of God have come to me that way. Sometimes I've received words about specific things. And when I say it's come from another man or a woman, I'm talking about not that somebody just prophesied. It may have come from a direct prophetic word that was spoken to me. But it came through the preached word. One ministry, you know, Copeland's ministry in, in Fort Worth, they always talk about one word from God. They've, this has been a saying in their ministry for years and years. One word from God will change your life forever. And it will. And so the reason that we believe in the preached word is because of what happens when you hear the word. If, I, if, I, if I'm delivering a message tonight that is the will of God, which I know it is without a doubt, I'm delivering that, then there are things that will happen to you if you'll listen to what's being said and then do something with it. See, everybody in here can have a word from God in the message. It may, it, it may stem from, uh, I, I may be preaching and say turn to this chapter and I went to the wrong one and you started reading there and God spoke to you through something you read that I didn't even intend to preach on but the faith that it takes you to get here to come and receive and position yourself from the word of God expecting to receive from the preached word causes things to happen and that's what they were doing in these cities they were preaching the word now watch and in Lystra a certain man without strength in his feet, was sitting, a cripple from his mother's womb, who had never walked. Everybody say never. He had never walked. Never. This man had never walked. This man heard Paul speaking. Paul observing him intently and seeing that he had faith to be healed. What? How can, I mean, did, did he have just a, just a word from God that this man has faith? No. Real faith has actions that are not common. There are things that God will require us to step out and do that are not common to man. See? 
So Paul was seeing something about this guy. Notice, he said, Paul observing him intently and seeing that he had faith to be healed, said with, with a real quiet voice. No, he said with a loud voice. I saved y'all. He said with a really loud voice. What? Stand up. Now notice, he didn't say this and then jerk him up. No. He said, stand up. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you that I pulled you up. <clears throat> no, he's, he told the person, stand up. Right? And to this point, he had been hearing Paul preach. Power of God was present to heal, but he wasn't healed. And we don't have a count of other people being healed. I mean, there probably was, but we don't have the account of it just right now at this moment. But that man was not healed until. Until what? He stood up. Now watch what it says. With a loud voice, stand up straight on your feet, and he leaped. This man had never walked. This man didn't even know what it was like to stand up. He, he didn't even know, I mean, you know, I mean, it was almost like Jesus was speaking a foreign language. What, what is that? What, what do you mean? What do you mean walk? I mean, he could have gone in 14 different directions in his mind, but you know what? He didn't just get up, he leaped. And in that moment, he was well. Look what it says. And he leaped and walked. Now when the people saw that Paul had done, when, now when the people saw what Paul had done, they raised their voices saying in the Lyconian language, the gods have come down to us in the likeness of men. Well, you know what? That same not notice, does that story look a lot like the story of Jesus? See, it wasn't Jesus. Even though he's the son of man, he's our elder brother, he's the first of many. He came from the riches of heaven to the poverty of this earth. He came to us. We didn't come to him. He came to us. He came to mankind to make a difference and to be the difference that you and I, if we'll follow after and do it according to his example, we'll see the same exact results because the Apostle Paul, who was not the Son of God, got the same exact results. See, there was faith. Listen, Paul saw faith in him because of the faith that was in Paul. The power of God was present to heal that man the same way with Jesus because of the faith in Paul in God. Absolutely. Um, and again, in this guy's situation, as I just said a minute ago, he could have refused. In Nazareth, the Bible says, 
in Jesus' day, in Nazareth, which was Jesus' hometown, he could do very few works, very few healings manifested in Nazareth. Why? Because they didn't believe. There was no faith. There was no action to what they heard. You know what happened up here? Man, I went to school with him. We used to make tables together. Who's he thinking, wait, what's this? Who's he coming around here saying that he can do this and all these kind of things? See, there was, no, there was no stepping out because they didn't believe what they heard. Children of Israel in the wilderness, it says in Hebrews, they, they did not mix faith with the word that they heard. And when you don't mix faith with the word that you hear, there's no action. And notice, notice, all those people heard what Jesus said. Many of them probably believed that, you know, they were starting to believe that, he, yeah, he is the Son of God. He's got to be because of the things he's doing. But a lot of them were not healed because they didn't step out in what he said. The word of the Lord with that guy that had never walked, rise up. And he leaped and walked. I mean, <laughs> can you imagine? <laughs> never walked. Never walked. And this is Paul. This isn't Jesus. No difference. Because Jesus was the Son of Man, not the Son. He didn't come to the earth to become the Son of God. He already was. But He was the Son of God, made the Son of Man. He came to us so we could learn from Him, do what He said do, and what, if we do what He said, if we hear from Him, and we do what He says, it'll work the exact same way. Every single Third story. Mark chapter 3. Mark chapter 3 and verse 1. And he entered the synagogue again, and a man was there who had a withered hand. So they watched him closely whether he would heal on the Sabbath <laughs> so they might accuse him. None of them had seen a healing ever until Jesus came around. Now, now, remember, faith does what? It awakens opposition. This does. It awakens opposition. But what Jesus never was was the victim. He was never the victim. He was always opposed, but he was never the victim. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And he said to the man who had the withered hand, Step forward. Then he said to them, to the religious people, Is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they kept silent. And when he had looked around at them with anger, when he looked around at them with anger, being grieved by the hardness of their hearts, he said to the man, okay? So the man must have stepped forward. But he still wasn't healed. Jesus said, step forward. We don't see that he stepped forward, but he must have, because then Jesus talked to him again. 
So, notice, this guy had a withered hand. Not a withered arm, but a withered hand. Watch watch what, what, what happens here. He said to the man, stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out, and his hand was restored as whole as the other. And the Pharisees went out and immediately, there's that opposition again, immediately attempted to destroy him. Why? Because of his faith. But he's had to have seen something in this man to pick this man out with the withered hand. And he said, stretch it out. And he did. And it was well. Now, you know what? On every one of those accounts, I don't know, it it may have taken some of those people, the, the guy that had never walked, maybe it took him an hour to get to a place where he leaped. If he's sitting and he's never walked and he's deformed, he's got deformed legs, no matter, I mean, he may have like was moving and, doing this he may this guy with the hand I mean he may have it may have been everything that he could do to get it over here but Jesus saw his faith and when he acted on that he was whole you and I have a responsibility to know the will of God we have and when I say it's a responsibility it's not some heavy thing on us the responsibility is that we learn how to hear. We learn how to take the word that we hear preached and hear it. See, because ultimately, God wants you to hear things personally. He wants you to be able to hear His voice and know that inward witness and, and to know that what God is saying to you is real and, and, and that He's telling you to do something because He wants you well. He wants you prosperous. He wants you on top and not underneath. He wants you to be on the receiving end of everything that He has planned for your life and for you to receive all that God wants for you. That's why we do this. That's His plan. These two things that I'm talking about right here, that if you added a third to it, is just you do it until you see it. You just keep acting until you see manifestation. You keep doing the things that you know. You keep developing your ability to hear. And you know what? It gets really exciting when you learn how to hear God and do what He says. You know where it really becomes exciting? is when you learn to hear God for other people and you do what God tells you to do. In the month of September, I've got a new series that I'm on about others, about people. And you're going to really like this. Because God's been showing me some things about the days in which we're living and how just been showing me over and over and over again things to do to get to the hearts of people. You know, there's a lot of people on planet Earth that want nothing to do with church. Nothing. 
And in the natural, in the natural, many of those people, just in the natural, I'm not saying in the spirit, many of those people will never come to church. Never. Now, I'm not saying never through God. But the way to get to those people is that the church goes to them. You notice, Jesus, we didn't go to him. He came to us. And Jesus went to the people. So this whole year, I've been preparing in my heart by going to people and getting myself connected with people and creating, you know, kind of a, a, a list of different ones that I have that I, that I want to see changed in our community that maybe, you know, uh, others in other places that I Skype with or I'm on the phone with. But I've got a list of people that I'm going to. Paul said, I become all things to all people that I may win some of them. So to do that, we have to learn how to go into their world and touch them. And if you're not practicing faith and trust and confidence in God, you'll you'll never go to other people. So all month in September, we're going to talk about how to go to people. How to go to the world, because His great commission, you know, was not a suggestion. His great commission was to go, right? Not to, not just to be in the inviting mode, but being in the going mode. Yeah, we want to invite people. We want people here, but not above going and touching their lives where they're at. Because think about it, there's a huge majority of people that the world says we'll never come to church. I read a stat a while back where it said that 47% of Americans, if they were invited to church, they'd come. That means what? 53%? They don't want to come. That's a big portion. So we got to do our job in the house, but we got to do our job outside the house to the people that really need it and effectively connect with people out there on a day-to-day basis, not forcing this stuff on them. How can we force something on them that they have no understanding of? I met a guy on a plane one time who was an atheist. That's what he told me. I was sitting next to him years ago. He was an atheist. And he told me, he said, "Uh, I wouldn't serve a God that sends people to hell. And I said, man, I wouldn't either. And he goes, but I thought you said you're a Christian. I said, I am. But my God has done everything that can be done to make sure people don't go to hell. And he looks at me and goes, what are you you talking about? I said, that's my God. And the rest of the flight, we talked about my God. But when I said that to him, man, I wouldn't serve a God like that either. But that's the mindset. I mean, I mean, 
really what's standing in the way for a lot of those 53% getting in to a relationship with God is Christian. Paul said, I become all things to all people that I may win them. To do that, he had to have faith in God. Right? And he had to be a person that was acting in faith and doing things that were uncommon. That's how we win people. Can you say amen? Am I done? Yep. Um. So, let me just give you, just real fast as I end with this, this personal example of something that I feel like relates, will help you maybe to relate to what this message is saying or talking about. Um, In 1999, we were looking for a building or a piece of property or something to buy. And I had a real estate agent that was taking me around and showing me places and those kind of things. And uh, another real estate lady said, you need to go look at this property on I-10. And I said, all right. And so I got my real estate guy, and we, I mean, you had to have four-wheel drive to get up the hill at that, at that time. And uh, so we came up to the very top, and it was all covered in trees, or you couldn't even see out. And the house down there, that building was there. And we pulled up right in front of it, and I got out of the car, and my foot touched that, the ground here. And I heard God say, this is ours. Not mine. Ours. His and ours. This is ours. And when we did that, and we waited almost nine months praying, believing that this is what we were supposed to do, when we did that, it opened the door to opposition that I had never faced before. We had never faced opposition like we got when we bought this piece of property. Then, when we started building the building here, it created a flood of opposition like I'd never known before. I thought the other I didn't know. But then it created this other opposition that I really had never seen before. Because everything that we did, we did by faith. But the opposition continually came to discourage and create fear and distraction and get us off of what God intended. And every time 
that you step out in faith to do something, you will be challenged. You will be challenged to the core. Because if you don't quit, you'll reap. And what we never did around here was we never quit. We had some bumps and we got off some paths and we, we struggled from the opposition and, the, and, and looking too much at the opposition instead of what God had said. And, you know, along the way, those kind of things happen. But if you just don't quit, you'll reap. You see? And when you don't quit, then you have a testimony of how it works. And what people need more than anything is they need to know what didn't work in your life. And if you quit, then you can't tell them. But if you just don't quit, then you can tell them what didn't work and how, if I had it to do over again, I'd do this, which you wouldn't, you'd do the same thing. But, you know, know, in, in, in... your mind's thinking and believing, but no, you'd still do the same thing because it'd be the same circumstance. But if you had it to do over again with a new set of circumstances, you'd do different because what you learned. But God created us to learn that way. And along the way, when we deal with our mistakes and we get back to hearing what God says, it's like it never happened. See, you keep the mistakes to help other people with, but you don't carry the mistakes Because the guilt and shame will keep you from not hearing God and stepping out in what He tells you to do. But see, in God, now it's not that way with people. People hold stuff and they, you know, get all whatever. But you can never be the victim of what other people see and feel, even as a result of certain mistakes. You can never be the victim. You have to take full responsibility for your actions and just keep moving forward. Because in God, all things are passed away and everything is brand new every minute of every day. And that's what faith in God produces. And the faith I'm talking about tonight, I wouldn't trade it for nothing. Not all the money in the world. And, 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 and the devil took Jesus to the high pinnacle and tried to tempt him with this and that and the other and he tried to tempt him with food and with riches and glory and all this kind of stuff and when you begin to have faith in God where you can't be moved nothing can replace it and the way you get there in great faith is continue to develop your ability to hear right and what you know is God step out in it and do it And watch God work in your life like you've never seen before. And you have those examples right there and many others that are just exactly like it. I just read three of them tonight. But you have examples like that to be confident that God, if he did it once, he'll do it again. If he did it for someone else, he'll do it for me if I will do it the same way. Hear, know I've heard, everything it takes to know you've heard, and then step out and see the results. Everybody shout amen.